Let me pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adrian. Good morning. Oh, you guys always get quiet when I come up here. Why is that? Come on. Hey, if you didn't notice, I got a few notes this morning. If you didn't notice, people I hear this all the time, I want to be a part of a church that there's something going on. If you can't find something going on around here, you need to check your pulse. I mean, they're, they're, this is crazy. It, it is so much fun, and it's, been, it's just our DNA. It's what's driven us, uh, going to continue to drive us. I, I got to ask, how many of you came Halloween night? Yeah, how many of you haven't seen your kids since? <laughs> wow. We're not ashamed. We'll give them some sugar. People asked me, said, how many come? I said, five. Five people came. If you were here, you know that's, I mean, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I think, uh, you know, maybe there's, I shouldn't say this because this is probably sad. I think we gave away something like 20,000 pieces of candy. And, and somebody, I've heard numbers from 800 to 1,000 that came through. I have no idea. I know five came through. I know five. But it, it was absolutely insane. And people asked somebody, several people have asked me, not necessarily in the church, but so why do you guys do that? Why do you guys do that? And that's always important. The why is always important. And the why, here's, let me tell you why we do that. People say, well, that's not, that's not in the Bible. Sure it is. Sure it is. He said, take care of the little ones. And, and for, for a few hours that night, this is what I know, and this is what I'm so proud of this church for, is those children had a safe place to come and feel the love of Jesus Christ. And that's worth every piece of candy and every penny you guys spent to give. Thank you. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. So guess what? And my, my vision is, people always say, well, what's your vision? I hope there will be in the next year or two we can go to the city and say, can we block off the street? We want to have a street party. Uh, we want everybody to come. And, but, but thank you, guys. You make that possible. Listen, you make Thanksgiving meals possible. I have no clue how many is going to come through. We, you, we, we feed a lot of people. And it's really neat. We, we start out with that. We want to provide meals for people that just don't have meals. And what we've learned, it, it, this may be the, even the, more, the bigger component of that. We're going to provide meals for people that don't have meals. We're going to provide family for people that don't have family. You, you think about that one a moment. We're going to provide family for those who don't have family. And, that's, man, that's worth its weight in gold. So I just say all that. People want to know what we do with this money when we take it up. It goes to support those type ministries, man. It's just, it just pours back out, and the more it pours in, the more that we can pour out. And it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. I learned something a long time ago. When you're obedient, it's hard to outspend God. You just can't do it because he says, he said, all the silver and gold. He has, I'm getting way off task. i got a message I want to talk about today. So let's, let's jump in. If you were here last week, Matt and I have been talking about a bigger story. Every one of us has a story to tell, and you're going to tell a story, not, not a lie. You're going to tell a story. Your life tells, tells a story, and one of the things that we have in that story is we get to decide, I think, how big it's going to be or how small it's going to be, and, and as I started thinking about this thing when we started talking about it, I want to be a part of the biggest, I want to tell the biggest story I can because the bigger my story is, it means the more I've relied on God. It just does. It's all about faith. The bigger my story gets, the more I have relied on God. Because if it were my personal story, it would be pretty small. Because I just don't, I just don't, I don't have the talents or the abilities to do something bigger and better. But through God, I can. And so I, and we've been talking about telling a bigger story. And I just mentioned some of the things. Listen, as a church, you guys have been able to, to craft this really big story. It's amazing. I walk through town. I walk through Walmart and I go, you're the church that feeds people. That's your story, man, and that's a good story. You're the church that feeds our kids. You're the church. That's pretty awesome. You've crafted this big story. Halloween, you're the church. The dentists are going crazy, man. They're going to invest in Journey Church. And my dentist is here. I know, I know why you're here, man. You, you said, give them some more candy. They like the stuff that sticks to their teeth, too. 
So make sure your teeth brush. I mean, your kids brush those teeth when they leave here. But, but, but you've, you've been able to tell this huge story, and it's so amazing. Uh, but this is, this is, this, the more we trust in Jesus, the bigger the story's going to get. I just, I, I firmly believe that. So it's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt just really set this up last week in, in his message. And the story, listen, we can't contain the story in this building. That, that's no story at all. If, if, you know, I got to think about that. If you've got to have an x-ray glass to see what your church is doing, then your church isn't doing what your church should be doing. It, it just isn't. And I'm sorry, if that offends somebody, it's just, it, it just it doesn't work. And, and I say that, Matt talked about last week. He's, he's announced and is going to be launching. We've always wanted to do a missions project in Lexington. And he's going out in Lexington. We're going to take a, 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 an elderly lady. The Bible talks about taking care of widows. They're going to go out. And they're, going to, they're going to take on her house. And they're going to refurbish it and clean it up. And people have come up to me. That's not just for our youth. Uh, we, we need adults to help with that. And, and, and it tells a story. And here's what I've, known, I've learned is when we're telling that story outside, people see it and they want to know why. And, the, and that, that's so much fun when they start saying, why do you do this? Because it's not because Journey Church wants to do it. It's because Jesus commanded it. It's just because Jesus told us to do it. And, and I'm telling you, I've, something I've learned, Jesus changes everything. So today, I just I got the thing about I thought I, I want to continue to talk about this big story. I was literally I was going to let it end with Matt's because that was so powerful. But I thought this story is worth telling. The story that you and I have to tell is worth telling because it's really the story of a guy named Jesus. And and this is where I get excited when I think about this. And this is what drives some people crazy that are around Matt and I. Is when I when I partner with Christ, then I've got to sit there and think, okay, I can let my imagination run wild. It can run wild. Because I start thinking, what are the limitations? And I'm thinking, okay, we talked about a couple weeks ago about our teammates. I have Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is my teammate. Then now I think we can do anything in His will, in His power, and through His love, and His grace. So I got to think, but I want to talk about this one more day. And maybe, maybe more, I don't know, but I thought I got, because I had another part, but I was going to use it for something else, but I thought it ties in with this, so let's, let's just use it. But this, this is, so I would tell you today, as you think about the story you're going to tell, and the story that, that your, your life is going to show others, if it's through Christ, then let your imagination just run wild. And, and here's, here's what I said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to kind of give you a, a, a reason why I think you can do that. When I was in school, we had to write papers. Uh, and out of school, I've had to write papers and different things. And, and one of the things I did was I would develop an outline. And that's how I would start building. I would, I would develop this outline, and then I would start building on it. Well, in telling this big story, this big story that involves Jesus, I, I, Jesus gives us an outline. He gives us numerous outlines, but there's one in particular today. And then I'll talk about Paul. Paul kind of adds to it that I want to share with you because Jesus gives this outline. And I think it's an outline if you want to tell a big story. This is how you can tell a big story. If you'll take this outline that Jesus gave you and you'll apply it to your life, it, it really, it really changes. It's a game changer. That, my wife, that's my thing. It's a game changer. It'll set you, you're thinking, okay, I can't tell a story about this big. No, all of a sudden your story will explode. It'll explode. And when it explodes, it, it impacts people. And when it impacts people, you have no no way of knowing the impact it's going to have. I think about the root system on a tree. It just starts spreading and spreading and spreading. We have no clue where it stops. But, but John records some things that Jesus said, and this is, this is really, in, in my mind, it kind of sets this up for you and I as we, as we start to write our story. It gives us a reason, a, a reason to write it and, and tells us kind of how to write it. And it's in John 14, 
And it starts in verse 12, and we're going to read 12 and 13 right now. He says this. He said, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. He's always going to tell you the truth. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. If you've got faith in him, then you're going to do what he's been doing. Starts to write a story. I'm going to do what, wait a minute, I'm going to do what Jesus did? That's what he said. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Wait a minute. I'm going to do greater things than him? You, you, you want to talk about changing your story? I mean, we're, we're talking about Jesus. You, you, you get that. And he says, if you've got faith in me, you're going to do greater things than me. And I'm, I struggle with that. How can I do th greater things? He healed and, and he raised and, and, and can't do. I, we'll get to that in just a second, but you've got to think about the context in which he's saying this. He says, but, but he says, listen, if you'll just have faith in me, if you'll just have faith in me, then you're going to do these great things, these amazing things. Now, you, 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 need to, you, you need to grasp what I'm talking about. You've got to put this in the right context. Because some of you are going right now, well, wait a minute. If I've got faith in him, and, and I've got faith in him, so I'm good there. Uh, then he says, well, then I can do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So he, he, he tells us we can kind of do these great things. So let me, let me tell you, some of his minds have already gone to the gutter. Some of you are going, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got faith in him, and I want to do greater things. So you're praying for the winning lottery numbers. You, you, you are, come on. Some of you just, you don't confess, you don't need to do that. But some of you go, man, God, just give me the lottery numbers. Well, first of all, I wouldn't ask for the lottery numbers. I'd just ask for the money. Why go through the process? If you go, I mean, but so don't, don't go there. That's not what we're talking about. You've got to remember, Christ is talking to his disciples. He's talking to the 12 men that are fixing, you talking about telling a story. They're fixing to tell a story that's going to change the world. You and I are here because of this story, not because of some lottery numbers. Okay, this is, and then listen, this is in his will. But people, I hear people say, well, okay, okay, let's go back to this. So I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Well, I want to heal people. He's talking to his disciple, and listen, let me tell you, if Christ wants to heal you, he can heal you. I, I completely believe that. I, th there is no doubt in my mind about that. He's talking about a group that's fixing to go out and what? Share the gospel. Their primary concern is to share the gospel. So he's giving them these instructions. He said, listen, you can do greater things. You can go out and share the gospel, and you can do it in a big way. But, but you've got you to kind of get this perspective in the, in the right mindset. And I can tell you this, people, back to this, you know, I'm joking when I said some of you are playing, praying for the lottery numbers. And you probably were, and that's okay. But let me tell you about your money and how, how Jesus views that. He, he talks about a widow who gave more than the rich people, and she gave all she had, which was two little pennies. He don't need your money. Honestly, if you get right down to us, he, he don't need us. But he sure loves us to work for him. He loves for us to go out and tell an amazing Story. So don't, don't get caught up in that, but, but I would tell you, I would tell you this. This is about, I truly believe this, and that he's sending out, he's preparing these 12 to send them out. He says, you, you're going to do greater things. And it's about sharing the gospel. And, and we share the gospel when we do silly things like have a Halloween party for children. When we feed people on Thanksgiving Day, when we go out and we take a group of kids and adults and we go out and say, we want to help this, this widow lady and clean up her house and fix it up and give her some pride in what, where she lives and, and how it looks. That's when, we, that's when we get this, I think, and we get it right and we do it well. It's kind of crazy. But, but so, so don't lose focus of this, who he's talking about. Because when I think about doing greater things, and if my mind goes to, well, I've never healed anyone, I'm never, then, I, then I'm going to feel like I'm a failure. And, and, but, but Jesus is saying, man, if you'll just share the gospel, you, you can't fail. You can't fail. 
pretty crazy, isn't it? Pretty, pretty exciting to me. He goes on. He gives us a little more. Then in John um, 14, let's read verse 15 and 16. He says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you forever. Forever. Pretty, pretty, pretty good outline if you start looking at what he's saying and what he's doing here. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about this outline. Let's break it down. He says, number one, if you'll just have faith in me, if you'll have faith in me, you can, you, can, you can do amazing things. Now think about that. He's saying, if you'll have faith in me, he's talking about himself. He's talking about Jesus. He, he, he really wants them to focus in on who he is and what he's done. That's kind of crazy. I love that. So he says, listen, this is the outline of your story. So if you're writing your story and you think, well, I can't write but such a big story, have faith in him. That's the story you want to write. Grab hold of that. That's, that's what he says. He says, just have faith in me. I am the story. Not me, Jesus. But have faith in me when you write this story. Next he says this. He says, you need to obey my command. Gives us some specific instructions, and we'll get to the command in just a moment. He says, you need to obey my command. And, and, and so, okay, we've got we to ask ourselves then, if, if I'm going to have faith in him and he tells me to obey his command, then what's the command? I'm trying to write a story. I need to know his command. Well, he gives us that in John 15. Let me read all this, verse 9 through 12. Listen to this really carefully. Again, Jesus speaking. Here's what he says. As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, here we go again, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I love that. The only way my joy is going to be complete is through Christ. The joy that we experience worldly fades. The joy of Christ will never fade. He goes on, my command is this. My com here it is. Here's the key. My command is this. We've missed this. Love each other as I've loved you. You want to know what Christ's command is? Listen, if you, want to, if you want to wrestle with theology and doctrine, you please have at it. Jesus just broke it down for you. And I love that my command is this. Love each other as I've loved you. You want to write a big story? You want the baseline? Here's your, here's your outline. Listen, have faith in Christ. Obey His command. Love each other. And then he goes on. He says, listen, and if that's not enough for you to write this amazing story, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Verse 14, uh, 15 and 16, backing up a chapter. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He's sending you a teammate, an all-star team, God the Father, God the Son, and now he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Write a big story. It's powerful. It's powerful. You, you, you really, you've got to grasp this. If you, and people say, well, Mark, I don't, I don't have much to tell. Yes, you do. Christ told you you do. Have faith in Him. That's huge in and of itself. That should be the, the opening statement of your, I have faith in Jesus Christ. Then the, the, the body of it's got to be loving others. And then when we have doubts and struggles, we've got to say, wait a minute. He sent the Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me through this thing. It's amazing. It's powerful. All of a sudden, I, you know, I, I'm a terrible writer, but I like to write, if that makes sense. My grammatical structure is terrible. Man, I could write content on that for days. I could take this outline and I could write and write and write and write and then write some more. Pr pretty crazy. But listen, and when we talk about having faith in Him, well, how do I have faith in Him? Come on, He's talking to the disciples, and here's what He's reminding them. You guys have seen what I've done. He's talking to the disciples. Now, you've seen what I've done. Man, I, I've, I've, I've healed people. I've restored people. I took water and turned it to wine. 
I've done some, I walked on water. These are the things I've done. Have some faith in me. And I look at us today and I say, why don't we have faith in the same Christ they did? He did all of those things. They witnessed it. And here's the proof to me that they witnessed it and they believed it. Because these, these men went out at their own peril and changed the world. Because they told a bigger story. I think, man, you guys are really quiet. This is, this is pretty cool. I'm looking out there going, you're going, oh, my gosh. What's he telling He wants us to change the world? I want Christ to change the world through you. And that's what Christ wants. He's already changed the world. He just wants us to go out and, and do and be the person he's called us to do. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is so simple. When I really think about it, it's really simple. He's given us the outline, and it's not complicated. Some of the projects and papers I've written in my life were hard, and they were complicated. This is just simple stuff. He said, listen, if I just have faith in him, the, the one who, who, who healed, he changed, he restored. He, listen, I'll tell you something I love. This is, this is me. I'm kind of the, the sadistic person a little bit when it comes to this. He did all of this stuff, but what I love is, if you, when you read this, is, is he quietened the religious people. The legal experts, they went away mumbling when he was around them because what he said was just too simple. I just want you to love other people. Isn't that powerful? We, we, you know, we think, well, I'm not smart enough. Jesus is brilliant, and he didn't use some complicated uh, argument. He just said, I just want you to love people. And I'm, every time when you see him confronted by the religious and the legalistic people, they went away mumbling and stammering. They had no clue what had just hit them. And he writes the biggest story ever. Paul, Paul kind of jumps into the fray on this and, and kind of gives us some, some meat to this, this outline that I think we can really use as, as we walk and, and tell our story. And I, this, guys, this just gets me, this stuff gets me fired up because I know this, without the story of Jesus, this world doesn't have any hope. There is no hope. Turn on your news this day. It's the most depressing thing I've ever seen. And I live in a world of hope. I don't know about you guys. I live in a world of hope. Uh, and my hope comes through Jesus. It doesn't come through a president. It doesn't come through a congressman. It doesn't come through a, uh, a news correspondent up here. My hope comes through Jesus. My story comes through Jesus. That's where my hope comes from. Paul, Paul jumps in. He gives us this in Romans 10. Uh, and, 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 man, I, when I talk about Paul, that, gets me, that gives me some real insight because this is a guy that hated the church. And, and once he has this experience with Jesus, everything changes. And this is what Paul says. Think about this in light of the story you're going to tell. Paul says this in chapter 10, verse 11. As the Scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. If I'll trust in Jesus, I'm never going to be put to shame. Never going to be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Will be saved. How, then, can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written? Love this next, and this is a quote from Isaiah. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Now, I think you could rewrite that and say, what a wonderful story we tell when we tell the story of Jesus. Now, that's a huge change, but that's what he said. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, the good news being Jesus. Isn't that powerful? If we, the story you want to tell, the big story is Jesus, pure and simple. And, and Paul gives us, gives us some meat to this. He gives us some backbone. We need backbone when we tell our story. He says, listen, there is no shame 
There is no shame when we put our trust in Jesus. No shame. Now, somebody's going to try me on this, and I get that. And this one's kind of tough, so I've got I to kind of walk on a fine line here. Where we get in trouble as followers of Christ is when we start making promises that we can't keep. Got to be real careful. And I've seen this. And please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I've seen people pray over, over critically ill people, terminally ill people, people on their deathbeds, and, and they pray that God's going to heal them. They, they promise that through faith you're going to be healed. I get that. Listen, God can heal. He does heal. I get that. But then the person dies. And let me go ahead and tip my hand on this. I've done some statistics. One out of one of us will pass away unless Jesus comes back. One out of one. Those disciples, those 12 that went out and changed, they're not here today. Amazing faith. They're not here today. One out of one will die. So when we make those kind of promises, it can, it can kind of make, listen, I'm so sick of these, these, these prognosticators telling us when the world's coming to an end. And they claim to do it in the name of Jesus. They didn't read the book. They didn't read the book. So let's quit promising things we can't deliver on. Let's promise things because this is where he said there's no shame. There is no shame in sharing the love of Jesus. You, you, listen, you, you can promise healing. You can promise the world's coming to an end. You can promise you're going to have money in the next paycheck, more money. You can promise all that, but you can't deliver, but you can deliver on this. There is no shame in telling people that Jesus is love. I think that's what Paul's saying. Listen, there's no shame if you'll just do what he's called you to do. It's amazing. Because, listen, he goes on and says, listen, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. You can't lose on that promise. That's good stuff. I mean, you, you need to get with me on this. You want to tell a big story. That's good stuff. I can't tell you you're going to be healed. I can't tell you my friends are going to leave, live forever. I can tell you you're not going to live forever. But I can tell you this with 100% certainty. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be what? Saved. 100%. That's a big story that needs to be told. It needs to be shared, and it needs to be shared with power. Let's tell the story that we can back up. Holy cow. I love the part he says, how beautiful are the feet? You want me to have beautiful feet? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care what your feet look like. I want you to go out and work, put some shoe leather to the, to the message. Take it out. You know, listen, if they've got to have x-rays to see us in this building, to see what we're doing and what we're about, then we're not being the church that God called us to be. If you don't believe it, show up on January and you'll see what a church looks like. If you don't believe it, show up on Halloween, you'll see what a church looks like. Thanksgiving Day, you'll see what a church looks like. Monday morning, you'll see what a church looks like. You want me to keep going? You got, listen, and we're, we're fans of this. I'm telling you, this guy's crazy as I am. And he's younger. Y'all got to live with him a long time. You got, you, you, yeah, absolutely. You, you bring an idea that makes sense, that helps, helps us spread the news of Jesus Christ, and we're going to start scratching our heads and say, how can we do that? How can we do that? Instead of, we can't do that. That's, that drives me crazy. We can't do that. Well, we can't do that. Listen, if, if we had bought into that, guess where you wouldn't be today? You wouldn't be here. And maybe you shouldn't be here. I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody's going, I wish I would have never came. Y'all crazy. But we're going we're gonna to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. But I, Paul says, listen, there's just no shame. There's no shame when you trust in Jesus. And everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'll tell that story. I don't, and here's the other thing. Don't embellish it. You don't have to embellish that. You do not have to embellish that story. You just have to tell it. And we need to tell it to as many people as we can. I mean, we need to tell it to everybody. But I, but I got to tell you, as I'm thinking about this story, and I'm thinking about how we started this and talking about 
the love of Jesus. And, and he says, listen, this is my command. Love each other as I've loved you. Hang on to that a minute. Love each other as I've loved you. Do you know how Christ loved you? You really got to stop and think about that. It's okay. If I'm supposed to love others the way he loved me, then, and when I start thinking about how Christ loved me, I always go to John 3.16. I always go to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, to, to whomsoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that's powerful. You, you've got it. I don't care what translation. That's what it says. For God so loved the world that, whoever gave his, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So how did God love me? So how did God love me? And you know, I've always wrestled with that. Why, why would God give his son for a lost, broken sinner like myself? And this is where this gets really fun to me. Because I, I, I've seen this in my life in church. We say we don't want lost, broken people. We want good people. We want healed people. We want people that look and believe like us. We've missed that badly. God didn't send his, God sent his son for the broken people. God sent his son for, listen, so if you're here today and you're not a believer, you're not a follower of Christ, man, we are thrilled you're here. Because my Savior gave his son for that. And if I can't tell a big story about that, then I shouldn't be up here telling any story. We, we've really missed that. But there's something else. And i got to apologize for this. I'm, 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 tip my, I'm 57 years old. And, and I've read in, in this thing. And, and John 3, 16, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created heavens and earth was probably the first verse I learned because it was shorter than John 3, 16. But I knew John 3, 16 when I was a kid. And there's something in John 3, 16 for 50, I'm 57 years old that I've missed my entire life. And I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm going to bet a lot of you have missed it. Maybe you haven't. Y'all are smarter than me. Y'all may have got this. Because, because when I read that, when I really read it and I break it down, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's powerful. And then when I go over here and I read this, my, <laughs> my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then I go back to John 3, 16. I, I, I got to tell you guys something. I, stay with me on this one. Some of you are going gonna to freak out with what I'm about to say next, but I want you to think about this. See, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. There's a two-letter word in there that changed everything. He doesn't love me. He so loved me. Come on now, I'm, I'm telling you, that, that gives me cold chills. He could just say, I love you. No, he said, I so love the world. That, that's a game changer to me. My father doesn't just love me. He so loved me, he would willingly give up his son for me. I don't know that I've even told my wife I so love her. Come on, think about it. You, you want to know what we're talking about here? You want to know why this is, this, is, this is the real story? Because Christ so loved me. My heavenly Father so loved me, he sent his son to die for me. And Jesus did not have to get on that cross. He did not have to get on that cross. He got on that cross because my heavenly Father so loved me. You want to talk about telling a story, we need to share this story. But I'm going to tell you from this day forward, from when I start, every time I read John 3, 16, I stop in my tracks and think, a two-letter word tells a story that I've never dreamed of. So, I mean, look it up in the dictionary. It's nondescript till you put it in front of something that God did for you and I that he so loved me. Man, if this don't set you on fire to go out and so love the world. Now, hey, listen, he said love as I loved you. You've you got to so love people. That changes everything. Because listen, well, I don't like them. They don't believe what I believe. They don't look like I look. They don't, they don't dress. They don't, they, don't, they don't believe in Jesus. He so loved us. And get the order correct. He so loved you while you were broken. Don't miss that. 
He so loved me while I was broken that he sent his son to die for me. John 3, 16, everybody in here that, that's got a Bible, you know that verse. But, and, and listen, I grew up in a, in, a, in a church, I grew up in a Christian home, and I don't think I'd ever, man, we'd gloss over stuff, but I thought, so love me, so what? No, God so loved me. I'll never read that the same again. That, that he would willingly give his son for me. You and I, you and I are so loved. You and I are so loved. Come on, think about it. We're so loved. What's our excuse? Well, we've got this community. We can't love them. No, you can't. You've got to so love them. You've got to so love them. But they don't, they don't believe in Jesus. Guess what? You need to so love them. Do you know how you change people? When we so love them, they say, like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? <laughs> Listen, I, just because I so love you doesn't mean I endorse the lifestyle you have or the, or the sins in your life. That's not what it's saying. But that's what Christ said. That's what God said when he sent his son. He said, I'm not endorsing. I'm giving you an out. Because I so love you, I want you to have, have eternal life. I want you to have Jesus but we got to learn to not just love. We've got to learn to so love. And I'll tell you the other thing. This, this takes a burden off. Man, this takes a burden off. When I read that and he calls me to, that God says, I so love. And he says, you obey my command and, and he so loved me. And let me tell you the burden it takes off my shoulders. I no longer have to judge. Ooh, you don't like that one, do you? I want to judge. I like my judging. No, you got to get that one off your shoulders. Replace the judging with so loving. You take the judging off, throw it out. Man, your shoulders come up. You want to talk about posture? Man, your shoulders will come up because now you've replaced this burden of judging with the burden of so loving people. And listen, so loving's hard because we're messy. You guys may not get out of here. Y'all may not. I'm telling you, I'm fired up about this. It really hammered me when I started thinking, my Savior, God doesn't love me. He so loved me. And yet, and yet, I want to cast judgment? I have no right. I have no permission. It's not in there. He said, listen, you, your hope comes through me. You, you, want to, you want to do what I've called you to do, and that's to love each other as I have loved you. Pretty powerful, isn't it? Listen, the burden of, the burden of judging is gone. And this is what I love. There is no shame. Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. You can't put me to shame. You, listen to me, you can't put me to shame because my faith and trust is in him. And he so loved me. The world wants to put me to shame. They want to put Matt to shame. They want to put you to shame. There's people right now making fun of us because we went to church. Don't miss that. Listen, people are going to make fun of you. That's promised. Pain, problems, that's promised. There's no shame when I trust and follow Jesus. They, they, you, you can do all of that you want. Now, you know, I feel like, I feel like this is terrible. I kind of feel like so it just bounces off. It hurts, yeah, sometimes. You know, people say, I'm, I'm, I'm thick-skinned. It don't hurt. Yeah, it hurts. But then I think, no, there's no shame. I serve Jesus. And, and Jesus' Father, follow the progression, Jesus' Father, He didn't love me. He so loved me. He so loved me. He so loved me. He entrusted me with this amazing story to share. I, I'm blown away. I mean, can you imagine being one of those original disciples going, wait a minute. The creator 
who gave his son because he so loved me is going to entrust me to share his story and I'm going to share it little I'm going to tell this little bitty story not going to happen man I serve the king of kings and he said if I'll just trust him there's no shame he said if I'll just obey his command and I love others the way he loved me then, then I'm, in, I'm in his graces good gracious almighty have we got some work to do guys have we got some work to do and listen your story man you got the outline you got the outline right there is your story we got some work to do and we've been set free we were set free 2,000 years ago on the cross because when Jesus was telling these disciples he's listen you, you, look at what I've done what he didn't really say but what he's implying is you ain't seen nothing yet because I'm gonna go up on the cross and I'm gonna die and three days later I'm going to walk out of the grave. I'm going to overcome sin and I'm going to overcome death. And you want to talk about a story to tell? You want to talk about a story to tell? You want to talk about a story that your grandchildren's 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 going to tell? I'm going to give you a story to tell. And I'm going to give you a team to do it with. I'm going to give you the local church to partner with. And I'm going to equip the local church with the Holy Spirit. And there is nothing, listen to me, nothing. Come here. There's nothing that will stop that story. Nothing. Unless you don't share the story. And that's on me and you. That still won't stop the story. It might stop it in our sphere of influence. But let me tell you, when you tell your story, what happens? You have no clue what will happen. You have no clue. Nor do you need to know. You share this story, though, and what happens is, you know, I'll guarantee, I'd, I'd bet on this. There's a little kid that came through here for candy. All they've talked about is Snickers and Twix and I don't know what. Funnel cakes, my gosh funnel cakes really that's all they've thought about but deep down there's something that's resonating and going why did they do that and at some point they're going to have to quench that hunger and say why did they do that and somebody said well wasn't that one of those things a church and don't they follow some guy named Jesus and then hopefully the person will say well, you know what that Jesus guy his, his father was God and he listen to me he so loved you he so loved you did you get that? He so loved you. He so loved you. He so loved you. He loved me. I'm broken. I'm a mess. And he so loved me that he sent his son to die on the cross. And somewhere down the road, hopefully that child's life will be changed. And when that, life, that child's life's changed, guess what happens next? Others will follow. It's amazing. Don't discount the story you can tell. Do not discount this story and how God will use you. So let's finish this thing up. Listen, you've got a story to tell. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, you're going to tell a story. You're going to tell a story. Listen, you can tell a good story. I, I'm, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to tell a bad story. You're just not going to tell a complete story. With Christ, you'll tell the complete story. But if you're here, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ, then, then we want you to have the whole story. And, and there's somebody... It's not ready to make that decision. I understand that. And we would just encourage you to come back. We want to continue to tell the story. We want to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. But there may be somebody here today that's been involved in this long enough saying, you know, I came in a skeptic. I came in a doubter. But today I get it. I understand what you're talking about. And we talk about some, some key and core tenets to accepting Christ. And it's really, it's really pretty simple. It kind of goes back to this outline. I think you, you need to understand and you need to believe that He is the Son of God. 
who he claims to be, it's who he is. I think it's key that you believe that he was born of a virgin birth because otherwise he's just a man. But the Son of God was born of a virgin birth. This sets him so far apart. I think you need to believe that he was falsely accused, convicted, crucified, and dead, buried. And then on the third day, he says, I'm going to show you guys something really big now. I'm going to walk out of the grave. See, I think if you can believe that, then, then the Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth that Christ is Lord, that Christ is our Savior, then we'll be saved. And I would just tell you, listen right now, if you're here today and you're that close, you're at that point, bow your heads with me. Just, just You can pray this silently with me. Father, I am a sinner, I am broken, but I do believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe he was born of a virgin birth. I believe that he died on the cross and on the third day he arose. And today I call on him as my Savior, the Lord of my life. I give everything I have to him. My sins are washed away. I am new. I have a new story to tell. So, Father, today I yield to you. I come to you as my Lord and Savior. Be with me. Walk with me. I know this is going to be hard. I know it's going to appear people will shame me. But in Jesus Christ, there is no shame. So today I thank you. I come to you. Amen. I think if you pray that, man, I think, I think, listen, heaven is having a party right now. They're giving out more candy than we've ever dreamed of. They're hallelujah, and they're having a good time. They're, they're, they're saying, there's another one. There's another one. Can you imagine all over the world people are accepting Christ? Going, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, there's another story. If you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, and we've been talking about this for a long time, maybe you need to tell your story. Maybe it's time you, you let go of the chair. And I, it's so amazing. I'm having people come up to me every week now saying, I'm going to let go of the chair. I, I want to I tell my share of this story. I'm going to let go of the chair. And they're, they're volunteering. They're taking on roles that they probably didn't think they would take on a week ago, a month ago, but they're, they're letting go. They're saying, I want to be a part of the story. Tell you what's really cool. I've had people to come up to me and say, I'm so thankful somebody shared the bigger story with me because my life has been changed. Guess what they're going to be soon? They're going to go from consumer to producer. They'll go from just soaking up. And listen, we're thrilled if you're here soaking up the gospel. But, but at some point, you've got to let go of the chair. Matt talked about it last week. He said, don't go, don't, don't go deep in the sacrifice and up doing nothing. Man, you go deep all you want, but you still got to let go of the chair and do something. Knowledge, knowledge listen, if knowledge is going to be contained here, it's kind of like the church. If we're just going to be contained in this building, going to make some of you really mad. If the knowledge is just contained here and you're not doing anything, guess what it is? Useless. It's just useless. So if you're here today and you're a follower, maybe you need to let go of the chair. Maybe, and I don't know, don't come up and say, well, what do you want me to do? I, you tell me. We'll talk about it together, but you tell me. So I, I would say, guys, you, I, I, if you don't take anything else away from any of this, you are so loved. You're not loved. Man, that'll freak people out when you tell them God doesn't love me. But follow it up quickly. I'm so loved. I'm so loved. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we are so loved. Thank you for your son. Thank you for those men who changed the world because they understood they were so loved. Thank you that they went out and told this story and they told it well and they, they gave it the, the, the credibility and the magnitude that it so deserves because we're talking about the story of Jesus Christ. So thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this journey to be a part of this story. And hopefully you'll give each and every one of us today the courage just to tell. And while it may seem like a small part, it's a big story. And the story comes together when we all do and share our part. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for the amazing revelation that took me so long to see as I read through your word and I read the words of your son, Jesus, when he says that you so 
loved me. So we thank you. Do not let this stop, Father. Do not let it stop in this church. Do not let it stop in the church that goes by the name of Journey. Help us to understand. Help us to go forward. Help us to keep pouring out into this community that we are so loved. For it's these things we ask in your holy name. Amen.